Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In December 1944, the Battle of the Bulge was raging in Western Europe. The end of the war was near. The Allied forces were pushing forward into German territory when unexpectedly the German army launched a huge counter-offensive. It was a last-ditch effort to drive back the Allies. The fighting was fierce in terrible winter conditions. There were heavy casualties on both sides, and large sections of the American line had broken, and the army was in confusion and retreat. Equipment and wounded soldiers were being evacuated. And in these desperate circumstances, many American soldiers who were seriously wounded could not be moved, and they were left behind to the mercy of the advancing Germans. Well, there was an abandoned farmhouse being used by the Americans as a field hospital, and a group of wounded was left behind in the cellar of this house. In situations like this, it was the policy of the U.S. Army to leave a chaplain behind to stay with the wounded and to comfort them. Sometimes this order to remain behind meant capture or worse. Well, in this cellar, a chaplain, incidentally a 1936 graduate of Concordia Seminary, he remained behind with a group of wounded soldiers. They lay quietly and listened, waiting for the Germans to arrive. They were unarmed and completely defenseless. Soon they heard trucks approaching. They heard the sounds of soldiers searching about the house. They heard the footsteps of someone coming down towards the cellar. The door opened and there stood a German soldier. He quickly called down for some officers and when they saw that the cellar was filled with wounded American soldiers, one of the officers ordered the soldier to kill all of them. When the officers left and went outside. The German soldier remained alone, facing the chaplain and the wounded men. He took out a hand grenade and was about to throw it into the room when suddenly he heard the men saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The soldier may not have understood English, but he recognized the cadence of the prayer, and he knew what it was. He looked down, he tossed aside the grenade harmlessly, and closed the door behind him, and left. The lives of the men in the cellar that day were saved in part because of what they had learned by heart, the Lord's Prayer. Perhaps they had known it since childhood, perhaps they had only learned it in the last few days, but they knew it, and they made it a part of their lives. And by praying the Lord's Prayer, these men were showing that they knew who they were and whose they were. Well, in our, our reading for today from Deuteronomy chapter 6, God tells the children of Israel to make the law a part of their lives. They were preparing to enter the promised land. God was instructing them on how to lead their lives in this land. 
Forty years the Israelites had been wandering in the heat and the dust of the Sinai wilderness. And now they were encamped on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, looking across into this beautiful land, the land flowing with milk and honey. But who would they be in this land? And to whom would they belong? Well, the giving of the law, especially the Ten Commandments, was an important part of God's plan for his people. In a way, through the law, God was giving his people their identity. With this law, he built a fence around them to protect them with this identity. He was showing them who they were and to whom they belonged. He was their God, and they were his people. And God gave his people a confession of faith, identifying who he was. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then God gave this command, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. God gave people the commandments to place on their hearts. They were to teach them to their children. They were to talk about them at all times and at all places, to remember them when they went to sleep at night and when they got up in the morning. They were to tie them on their hands as a memorial. They were even to wear them between their eyes as a perpetual remembrance so they would always see them and be reminded of who they were under God's law. They were to write them on the door frames of their houses and on the gates of their cities so that whenever they went in or went out, they would remember who they were. God loved these people to make them his own, and he commanded them to love him and obey him. God's love for his people was total, and it involved his entire being. And the people's love for God was to be perfect and involve their whole identity. If they kept the law, the Israelites would remain God's people. They would prosper, and their obedience would be their righteousness before him. But they didn't do it. The Israelites did not do it. They did not fear, they did not hear, they did not listen and obey. There were distractions. They stopped paying attention. Things came up and they forgot. They had things to do, other things, and they were not careful to do what God said. They did not live up to their identity as God's people. They did not keep his law perfectly, and it did not go well for them. Just because the Israelites did not fulfill God's law does not mean that God's demand for perfect righteousness doesn't matter. The Israelites may have forgotten, but God did not. His righteous law remains. Ever since the fall, there has been this problem. The very nature of God's creatures has been corrupted by sin, inherited, passed down from generation to generation to all humanity. We are no different. We are part of this story, too. We have not loved the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our might, and this problem affects every aspect of our lives. We have sinned against God and against one another, and we do so every single day. We need forgiveness and salvation and life. In fact, 
we need the God whom we rejected a long time ago. Our identity as people disobedient to God does not change God's identity as one who is gracious and loving and kind. He is for us what we could never be for him. In Jesus Christ, God loved us with his whole heart, his soul, and his might. He sent his son into our human flesh to keep the law perfectly in our place, to endure the cross even to the point of death. He rose from death to life again, proclaiming victory over sin and death, and his death and resurrection means that we have a new identity as people of God. Just as God's people in the Old Testament were to wear the law, so today we wear the cross of Christ. When we were baptized, we received the sign of the cross on our foreheads and on our hearts to mark us, to identify us as one redeemed by Christ crucified. God has placed his own name upon us, upon our hearts, claiming us as his own people. Through baptism, the Holy Spirit created in us faith, faith in Christ. Our baptism has given us a new identity, a new relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is an identity that is not based on our obedience to the law, but on Christ's obedience and his forgiveness won for us. Baptism with the mark of the cross identifies who we are, and whose we are. So who are we as people of God? Baptized believers in Jesus Christ, gathered around God's word, receiving his gifts, singing our thanks and praise to him. We are people who live in the certain hope of salvation through Christ. We too will enter our promised land someday, our resurrection life with him. But until that day, we joyfully proclaim to the world that our God is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In faith, we love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and might. We wear Christ and his love on our hearts. We teach our children about him. We talk about him when we're at home and when we're on the road. We remember him when we lie down at night and when we get up in the morning. We wear Christ on our hands and on our foreheads, and we write about him on the door frames of our houses and on our gates to proclaim to the whole world what God has done for all people. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.